This episode continues our discussion on pornography, so please be mindful if you have little ones listening. Today, we sat down with Steve Picorni, the founder of Freedom Coaching, to discuss how authentic healing from pornography addiction is so much more than stopping a particular behavior. We hope that this conversation is encouraging and helpful. Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Welcome back to another episode. We are really excited today to have a special guest with us. Our last episode, we were talking about the effects of pornography and really safeguarding our families. And we thought this would be a wonderful opportunity to invite Steve Picorni, um, the founder of Freedom Coaching, um, to just have a a deeper dive um, into this topic. So Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Deanna, and honor to be with you and your guests. Ah, oh, thanks. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? You are clearly from Texas if you're watching the, the episode on YouTube, but can you tell us a little yes. bit <laughs> about yourself and your family? Actually, true, true story. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if you knew this. Um, I originally was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, but this summer went out to visit some uh, second cousin to my aunt. My great grandparents are buried in Plainview, Texas. So an hour and 20 minutes south of there. Um, I'm a full blood Texan, so I came. I it was coming came home. home. So you came home. There you go. There you go. So you know the old phrase goes, "I wasn't born in Texas, but I got here as fast as I, I could." My wife Amen. has to busy catch up to me, even though I went and caught her because she wanted. It. The, the joke goes, uh, you know, I fell in love with uh, I fell in love with Valerie. She fell in love with Texas. If I want to marry her, I had to move to Texas. So Amen. that's a. Uh, <laughs> That's a, that's a little bit our, so um, a long, long story short, and obviously putting in, in conjunction with the work and, and the topic for today, um, I got hooked on pornography sixth or seventh grade, okay, so mm-hmm. about 12 or 13, um, and would deal with that, a battle with that, um, and thinking that there's no hope for me, that this would be the rest of my life, I would always be enchained with this, as I say to a lot of people, as I share my testimony, I felt like a woman who had an, had an abortion, had gone to confession, had heard the words of absolution, knew she was forgiven, but couldn't forgive herself. Mm-hmm. I thought I would never be set free. I will never be set free from that perspective. Well, God had other plans. And through a series of events um, over many years, there was a definitive healing that happened, a transformation that happened. Um, and through that process, God made it very clear, this is not just for me, this is meant for the world. And we have been in the process since 2011 of getting this out to the world through Freedom Coaching, found at freedom-coaching.net for anyone who wants to check it out. And uh, it has been um, a marvelous work of grace. And now, especially over the past year, two years now, there are six other coaches, five over other coaches, more coming on board. So I keep losing the number. And um, clearly, uh, there's no rest for the weary uh, here because we continue to develop and continue to grow this. Um, and also, we are moving very steadily. We are ready to go uh, for any clients 
who only speak Spanish. So oh, wow. um, if they're ready for that. So that's a full, this is a public, uh, public, you're the first public uh, notice on that. It's all set on the way. I know it's all set up on the website. We have the coaches ready to go on this. So um, please, if that is there, uh, please send them. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So what does, um, what does this coaching look like? And do you take um, clients of varying ages? I guess I'm just thinking if you got hooked at such a young age, um, is there intervention at that stage? Do you guys do coaching that early? Like, what does that look like? Especially if you're a parent who discovers your child has, you know, been viewing pornography. Good, good, great question, Mickey. And, and this is this is a heartbreaking question for me uh, because uh, I know what is done to me. I've seen what it does to other clients. So just uh, a, a recent inquiry, without sparing, without sharing any details, obviously, the, um, the one of the clients that we're looking to to work with was exposed at eight. Okay, the average age is eight to eleven years of age. They mm. say eleven. Uh, it's it's between mm. eight and eleven. Uh, I know of a client, uh, it wasn't with us, but another boy was in, um, was in counseling at six years of age because of this. Okay. So this is a big, all hands on deck issue. And we work with anybody from, I like to say as of right now, eight to 80. Okay. I literally am working with an 80 year old right now. So this is knows no bounds. And it's, yes, it's men. And yes, it is women increasing number of women. It's anywhere between uh, one third to one half of the viewers of visually stimulating pornography are women. And this, especially if you look on the women's side, um, this seems to be even more emotionally devastating because of the fact that this has traditionally been seen as a men's issue. Then you get into a woman who gets in this. And if you want to go down this road and talk about why that is, we can go there. But within this is this notion now, no, this is a men's issue, right? I shouldn't be doing this. So now there's something doubly wrong with me. I've already wasn't comfortable with my femininity. Mm -hmm. And now I'm getting to a, a, a men's issue here. And that's, it's crippling for a lot of these women. So, but as a, as a, as an olive branch of hope, I say, is it's it's simply along the the lines of we simply have to learn um, what we never really were taught, right? What we're looking for in these images, we're looking for genuine love in a way that can never fulfill. We're looking for genuine beauty that is not beautiful, but it gives off the illusion of that, right? So, is there hope and healing? Of course, there is, but we have to first and foremost recognize that there's a huge issue. And then we can start to put together a game plan, how we deal with that and solve it. Mm. And it sounds like the healing process, it's almost like it's customized to the person. So like maybe not every person is going to go through the same steps, but are there like, I guess, what would be the first goal? It sounds like, it almost sounds like what you're saying is that the first goal is almost identifying the wound and then kind of moving from there. Or is that a, is that the right way to think about it? Yeah, no, this is this is good. And, and Mickey, I apologize. I didn't even answer fully your question. So let's let's do that. I'm not going to play politics or be a politician at all. I promise. Let's let's just full. So the, the freedom coaching process um, is typically a four stage process. OK, so what we're doing stage one, we're looking at um, a lot of the emotional wounds. OK, mm-hmm. they're obviously going to travel beyond stage one in, in some sense, but we're dealing with trauma. Like there's a form of trauma here. Um, we're not traumatologists. We don't approach this from a, a specifically counseling 
wrestling perspective. It is coaching. We make that very clear. Clients understand this. But we're looking basically when it's the way I describe it is uh, whenever you're dealing with the trauma, you're dealing with it's like a, a grenade that's going off that we can't find the pin. So what we do is we help clients and anytime we misuse our sexuality, our sexuality is designed by God to be a gift. We're meant to be gift to others, regardless of whatever, whatever romantic situation we're in. And I remember uh, Deanna and, and talking with you as you were single, trying to navigate these waters, mm-hmm. right? Um, those are beautiful conversations, right? Mm-hmm. And what we're doing, we're giving uh, men and women who come to, you know, seeking help, seeking whole, uh, healing and wholeness, we're giving them uh, a safe space in which to open up here because when we misuse our sexuality, there is a, it destroys our capacity in a, in a very real sense of to emotionally connect with others. This paragraph 2332 in the, in the catechism says, right. We have sexuality is designed to form bonds of communion with others. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to help with affectivity and our emotions, right? Well, most of the clients who come to freedom coaching, so it's not just men and women, not just men, but also women who emotionally can't articulate. Okay. And if you can't connect emotionally, think of yourself, Deanna or, or Mickey with your husbands, right? When they can't connect like emotion, can't you feel this? Right. And, and that's the joke for, for husbands. Right. But there's, this is how we are human. Right. And so on, on a certain level, what pornography is doing is stealing our ability to have empathy with others. And if you can't have empathy, you can't see the goodness of others, let alone join in genuine relationship. Mm-hmm. So we first have to get them online with what was going on emotionally in those moments of trauma, right? And so all we're doing is basically looking at what is the emotion here, which basically keeps us free and clear from any of the counseling stuff there, because we want to we want to see if, if somebody's dealing with absolute, you know, um, diagnosable things, we want to send them to a counselor, right? We want to, we want to go into that. So, because we are, we have no dog in the fight except for getting help and healing. So that's stage one. Stage two is a deep dive into the neural science of pornography. And when you go through this and you start comparing what happens in pornography use versus what happens in healthy marital intimacy in this beautiful act between husband and wife, the world's apart, even though the same chemicals are going on. And it also helps clients to see very clearly that I can't break free on my own willpower. And that's mm-hmm. what I think separates freedom coaching from everything else out there is a lot of things that are talked about are mere coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. So we may use some coping mechanisms, but the goal better not be just coping mechanisms to simply live uh, limp along in life. God wants you to live in genuine freedom, to be who you really are created to be. As St. John Paul the Great says, right? Christian, be who you are, right? And then to, to match it up with, uh, what was it? I think Catherine of Siena, right? Then go set the world ablaze, right? Um, that's what we're called to be. I'm, I'm totally steal. Every poet's a thief and I, I, am, <laughs> I tend to be one as well. Third, st- third stage is going into intimacy and identity, okay? It's identity formation because so many people, especially in the pornified culture that we live in, don't know who they are. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know who you are, you're not going to know how to live your life. Mm-hmm. And especially as we've all gone through 2020, I would argue 2020 is just continuing to the nth degree right now in some quarters of our world, um, the, the loneliness, the ache the hurt, the being cut off, um, feeling desolate, uh, the lack of hopelessness, 
is palpable for so many people. And especially with so many of our churches shutting down, we're not getting access to the sacraments. We're not being led. We're not hearing the voice of the true shepherd. Or maybe we've never heard him before. And all the, 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 the noise of the pornified culture, we lose ourselves. So there has to be a deep dive. And this is, Deanna, where Theology of the Body comes in, where we want to be able to take this beautiful gift of St. John Paul the Great and bring it in an appropriate perspective um, to where these clients need to be. And they start to discover who they are. Mm-hmm. They start to discover a genuine, real, lived uh, relationship with Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. growing in that prayer. And once we once to do that, I would say those are two of the three main things we need to, to basically transform this thing forever. So intimacy and identity. And then the third piece, which comes into stage four, is called vision coaching. Anybody who's into the pornified culture who's basically made this a part of their life um, is blind. And I, and when I, when I say into the point of high culture, you could just be watching secular programs. You're not necessarily watching pornography, but this is your the lens in which you're seeing the world and you don't mm-hmm. see anything wrong with it. Right. Whereas if we really take a step back with what the beauty of the Catholic faith is and compare it to what is offered by the secular world, the secular world can't hold a candle to it. But if you're blind, you can't see it. And even worse and even more, more tragic is most people can't see themselves. That comes back to identity, mm-hmm. but they can't see the beauty of every person. And instead, what we've done with pornography, we have reduced to mere body parts. Is this not how so many women feel? They feel pieced apart. They feel taken advantage of, right? And and, and what's tragic is on, on multiple levels, either A, they'll excuse men, or B, there's a broken man. If I'm going to get any fulfillment in my femininity, I need to be like a broken man also. Which we say, no, girl, wash your face. To I forget who the author of that is. Oh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'll have to look it up. Um, but, um, but then also come to discover the glory of who you are as one of the, the feminine mm. genius, as John Paul would say. So once a person can learn how to really see, to see themselves, to see others, scales fall from our eyes. And we no longer desire to look with lust, but instead there's a very different reaction. There's a sadness. There's a, this deep sorrow of what we should, but then a longing for, I want to be filled and, and, and fill my life with genuine beauty. So last point about that is, um, so that's the process. We will absolutely customize that amongst the client. And I think this is one of the powers of uh, the power of freedom coaching and why it's been so successful and why it keeps growing is because it's discipleship. Mm-hmm. Jesus came to, to witness to uh, individual. That's how he called people. And, and there was a priest I was recently listening to. I think it's interesting that a lot of people, like Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, there I am. Maybe we need to take that literally. Right. Think about the large conferences we'd gone to right before 2020. We had huge, large conferences. So many people say when they come away from those, like it was great. And I you know, all my emotions got pumped up. But did I really experience a change? Mm-hmm. It's only when we encounter Christ and it should be in and through our own bodies. Right. That this happens. And so when you've got a coach who knows what they're doing, knows the path we're going, but also knows exactly where the client is uh, and can walk with them on that, that the, the hope meter goes from zero to a hundred in a heartbeat. And then we start to believe that I really like, this is not just a 
And this is not just a statement on a web page, but this is real and palpable and I'm feeling it. Mm. Your life comes alive. And that's exciting for all of us as coaches yeah. to see that happen. Oh man, there's so much that I want to like unpack from what you just said. But um, before we started recording, I was sharing with Mickey how I met Steve was through, um, I was living in San Antonio in 2010, single and kind of like, God, what are you calling me to do? Because I felt a longing for marriage and um, there was nobody. <laughs> and it's when I was introduced to Theology of the Body through Steve and Jake Samore and Ramey Samore. Um, in the Archdiocese of San Antonio. And I remember thinking like that theology of the body answered a lot of the questions that I had at that time about this longing for love. So I do see how it can be very healing. And I also love what you said about ultimately what we're helping people find is their true identity in Christ and like leading them through, I mean, it's discipleship, like you said, because I think for so many people, this idea of like, I need to break free from pornography addiction while well, I need to go to confession. And I just need to like grin and bear it and like, just stop. Like, I just need to stop. And then there's this frustration with like, well, why can't I stop? But it's like, you're going to the root of this is the issue that it's not just an addiction to a screen. It's so much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that's well said. And, and I think we're, we're, we're trying to, it's, it's old country song, right? Looking for love in all the wrong places, looking for love in too many faces. And I'll save your listeners from my, my, <laughs> their ears from me singing it. Um, but, but along those lines, and, and this is where I would make, make the one tweak. And this is um, where many people are, we, we throw out this terminology of an addiction to pornography mm -hmm. and at freedom coaching, we don't teach addiction. We mm -hmm. teach compulsion. Okay. It's serious. Mm -hmm. it's something that needs to be lived with. Uh, it needs to be dealt with, but is there genuine internal freedom that we can, that we can live from? Absolutely. Because when we hear the term addiction, many people, the association is once hooked, always hooked. And maybe there's something with cocaine or um, alcoholism, maybe. Right. But this is different right? Where we really can go and heal that, which is, it's very helpful. I think it's great that you keep talking about healing. Cause I think so many people feel helpless and hopeless. Like I've tried this and I've tried to pray it away. And you know, you've got people who are seriously like in the adoration chapel, begging God to take this away. And it just keep falling. And I can see how someone would get to this place of like, I don't actually think that healing is possible. So the fact that you're saying, no, it absolutely is healing is possible, but then freedom and then living life to the fullest is such a great message. Um, and there's so many, like, I feel like in the past, well, I don't even want to say how many years, but there's been an increase in talking about the danger of pornography, the seriousness and the gravity of like what's going on in our culture. So I do feel like there's a lot more resources out there to educate people but you as someone who's sort of like working in that field, um, do you notice a decrease a little bit in the use of pornography or, um, or an increase? Or are you just noticing more people who are willing to come forward to see? Great. That is an excellent question. And I have to uh, sit back and stew just for a little bit on that. What I would say, I agree with you that there certainly is um more resources, especially, I mean, organization, a secular organization, I still recommend to people is, is fight the new drug. Mm -hmm. I think they were doing a great job on the secular level. There are Catholics in the background that they've purposely gone secular on that. I will humbly say there's no, you will not fully, this utter transformation 
the interior transformation. You could stop a behavior, but is the desire there? Do you still have a desire to look with lust? Like that's what Jesus was hitting that, um, mm-hmm. you know, Matthew 5, 28, you've heard it said, you should not commit adultery. But I say to you, if you even look with lust, you, um, you've already committed adultery in your heart. And the answer that we should come up with this, our response to that should be, that's impossible. Okay. Which, which then, and, and we're saying this to God, it's impossible because then God can work with that. God can always work with humility and honesty, always those two things. And then he can start to work. I can't do this on my own. What do you have for me, Jesus? Mm-hmm. And this again, comes back to disciples. This comes back to being real. Cause how many people with our fake Instagram and Facebook accounts, right? With all these things, I don't know, TikTok, I don't know, whatever anybody else is on all the, all the variety of social media platforms. We're not really sharing ourselves. And when we are honest about that, um, then, then we're like, okay, now what? And, and so, yes, the, the problem is being talked about more sadly. And, and we are seeing some, some areas in the church, some diocese are starting to, to put out things. I think Vancouver, I have a, one of our coaches from Vancouver, Canada, um, they were putting out a big, uh, a, a big uh, demonstration on this, but, um, he was actually, I'll just talk about this. Uh, so Chris Chen, he was going to mass where they were, were putting these out and put these beautiful booklets together. As they're leaving Mass, and the priest preached on this. Thank God. It was the first homily he'd ever heard talked about this. So many people just walked by, right? And so I think either, either A, they don't have a problem, which is sadly probably not the case for some of them. Um, B, we don't want to step to the carpet and say, I've got to be real here. Because I think we're, we, if we will be the, the, a beautiful moment that could happen here is if we start getting spiritually naked. I'm not all right. You're not all right. We need to go to the healer. And what this is, this is the heart of Catholicism, right? It's mm-hmm. not about these rules and regulations, which so many miss. It's about the person of Jesus Christ coming in. And he came especially to heal our sexual wounds. And the sexual wounds are legion. And if we think about, like, take, for instance, Our Lady of Fatima talks about, I see souls descending into hell uh, like snowflakes, and many of them are because of the sins of the flesh. Okay, this is a, a warning shot across the bow, but it's not a call that, oh my gosh, I'm condemned and I'm going to hell. Well, any of us are if we choose mortal sin, but Jesus Christ is always merciful. He's always present to come to say it, save us. And he's come, Mickey, Indiana, he's come to teach us how to see with a redeemed vision, to really see ourselves and others as good. I mean, because I I think, and if we want to stir the conversation this way or not, I'll throw this out. So many of us have a hang up regarding the body. We want, we think the body is the problem. And so what's, when I see two very attractive women on a podcast, right? I'm supposed to go look at the sidewalk, right? No, I'm supposed to see you as persons to love you as my sisters right and if and if i'm real about this right if there's a movement towards lust then i gotta go to christ and say lord change my heart on this Mm. right change my eyes help me would you remove this plank from my eyes so i can see so to a long long, uh, roundabout here is yes we're making the awareness here but i think the church is abjectly failing, especially from the pulpits mm. of getting, uh, of talking about this issue. We're ignoring this. Um, and sadly, because it's infected some of our pulpits in many cases, and there's healing that has to happen in that arena as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's one of those topics, like, I mean, it's kind of like with contraception where you hope that you have priests that will preach about it from the pulpit and the same with pornography, like 
just getting to the root of the, or just, I mean, calling sin, sin, because we live in such a comfortable culture where, I mean, the things that are shown on movies today would just like scandalize our grandparents if they saw, I mean, Game of Thrones, like. Heart attack, heart attack, (laughs) that's a scandal, maybe dead. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So we, so we, it's almost like we live in a culture that when you talk about living in a pornified culture, it really seems like we've become more um, comfortable with this objectification of the body, even if we're not like looking at pornography, it's just like you were saying, like, it's just the show on TV and it's, yeah, it's almost like when, or just as parents, we were talking about this in our, in our last episode, like how do we guard our children from it. Um, I think it really challenges us as parents to think more about like, well, what is it that we're letting into our homes and um, the things that we may not think are that big of a deal or it, I don't know. It just seems like it changes when you think about how, like, what are the seeds that are being planted for my kids? And do I actually want them to, to, to experience that? If that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. It does. And I, and I, I mean, on that point, I mean, I remember starting movies younger things that I watched in the eighties, like there's not going to be a problem here watching with my kids. I'm like, how did my parents allow me to watch this stuff? Where what went on? So obviously now I'm like a Nazi checking on this. There's, there's certainly, there's certainly a time and place where we, as, as parents, like, especially with the, the younger they are, we have to gar- be careful, little eyes, what you see, be careful mm-hmm. with little ears, what you hear. Absolutely. But the solution is not shut everything down. Okay. Right. The solution is obviously present them with good art. Mm-hmm. We have a desire to see. We have a desire to hear. We have a des- There's a natural curiosity about the body. Are we, are we first and foremost, because everybody's been, been, uh, we've all pretty much eaten from the proverbial forbidden fruit. We've all been wounded by, been drinking from the proverbial septic tank. We've mm-hmm. all been um, been wounded, these deep, deep sexual wounds. And nobody's talking about it in the church. It's the 572,000 pound elephant in the room. And do you think these things just go away? No, because flip it around, it's a call to love. There's a reason why God is still allowing this whole experiment that is, in many cases, gone horribly aw- 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 awry to happen because we're called to image his love and his, and, and, and his goodness. And when you say image, it means physically, visibly to see it. But many of us have never even been presented with the option of the beauty of the body, the beauty of, of marriage and family life, the beauty of human sexuality, right? That's supposed to bring about the joy, the life, the warmth, the heat that we're looking for. Instead, we're still treating this as a shameful reality. So, I mean, I don't, I wasn't there clearly on your other podcast, but I say to any parents who's looking for follow-up on that is expose your kids to genuine beauty. The church has a wealth of beauty, a wealth of, of, uh, of exposure appropriately. So to the naked human body to see the body appropriately in, in art, for instance, our lady breastfeeding, for instance, right? These are, were in churches. They're in churches in, in Italy. No way, no how is the body itself pornographic. So if the devil is trying to steal what is ultimately God's, then by God's grace, we got to steal it back because mm. it's his. And this is what ultimately, if you want to change a habit, if you want to break a compulsion, Got to put something better in its place. So our kids are not going to stop wanting to see. They're not going to want to stop hearing. So let's give them the really good stuff. Man, I just, I love everything that you said. 
um, because when you were talking earlier, you were talking about, and I love the way that you, you phrase this, like um, to have a redeemed vision, um, to be able to see, like truly see the way God wants us to. And I think that that does kind of seem impossible. Like, okay, there's so many things in the world. Um, and so I think sometimes we can, not that this is bad, but be like, no, keep that out. I have to guard my eyes. But we're spending so much time on the defense that we're not being trained on how to, I don't know if the word is to attain or to um, get that redeemed vision, but that it's possible. And so there's a part of my mind that's just going like, how is that, how can we do that? You know, and I think when okay. he's older um, and, and uh, I feel like I might have a little bit of an idea on what I need to do. But then when we're talking about like our children, like I loved what you said, they're not going to stop seeing, they're not going to stop listening. So let's put them, put before them these things that are beautiful. Um, but any other like ideas about this redeemed vision? So first I'd recommend, here's a plug. Uh, here's my book, 14 years on the day that Hugh Hafner passed away is the day the final edits to this book were finished. So it's like a changing of the guard. God's time wow. is flawless. Chapter 12, especially in this is chock full of the practical things. And obviously we don't have we don't have time to get into a lot of it. So that would be the first thing I would do, send them here. Um, second here is that notion of, um, is yes, we do have to guard, but I think the words you're looking for is go on the offensive, right? Mm-hmm. Beauty, like the, the lies, all the devil can do, the old phrase goes, all the devil can do is take what is good, true and beautiful and twist, right? And so our job is, and this is what we pray every day. We probably pray every day. If you're praying rosary every day, then you're praying at least five of them, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're called to bring heaven here, okay? Um, as Ramey Samore, who uh, Deanna knows well, it's right. God doesn't press the delete key at the end of time. He presses the complete key and he wants us to participate in this, right? So if it's the lie about the human body has come up. So first and foremost, as, as us who are older, or if you have kids, you've got to first wrestle with what is the junk in your heart? Mm. What is the brokenness there? You have to get real. And we're terrified to be real because if you really knew me, if you really know what I'm showing inside here, you wouldn't love me. That's the voice of the accuser. And in the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce that voice. I send it. I renounce that. And I send it to the foot of the cross to be judged forever. Mm. And may you, Jesus, may you replace it with what's true, good, and beautiful. So we first as must deal with this stuff. That means, obviously, are we living, are we striving to live a sacramental sacramental life? Are we going to the sacrament of confession? Frequently in this day and age, at least twice, at least uh, twice a month. That's what I would recommend. If not once a week, you know, get holy or die trying, um, right? Uh, you know, get get to the Eucharist, right? Pray the Rosary, all those things that are typical Catholicism, right? But then also, but most importantly, all those things are built on our personal, daily, individual walk with the Lord. If our evangelical mm. Protestant brothers and sisters have most of us whipped on, it's that personal relationship, right? But we have everything else, and we have the substance, right? We need to, we need both. So. Are you taking that daily, we call it in, in freedom coaching, that daily dollar time, right? The daily daily time with the Lord to allow him the space to do what he needs to do in us, mm. right? And if we're too busy, and as Mother Teresa says, then if, if we got so many things going on, we can't pray, that means you're too busy. 
needs some things need to be cut out and need to do this right and that's a challenge right so that would be the second piece here along those things because when and what's modeled my kids i mean the old joke goes right uh my kids walked in and they saw me being important for me it's my kids walked in and they saw me they caught me praying again this was like the fourth time this week okay like so I guess on some level, that's, uh, that's a witness there. And I hope, right? Um, so, but then the third piece here is that steady growth in virtue. So let's bring this right to the vision piece, right? The typical historical way in Catholicism is going from the purgative to the uh, illuminative to the unitive, okay? So the purgative is obviously we got to ditch the porn, right? We got to get rid of those things. The shows that we're watching, uh, the things we're listening, the music we're listening to, that's one of the big things we work on with clients. What kind of, from day one, what kind of music are you listening to? It influences. We know for a fact for women, young ladies, one of the clients I worked with, her name is Michaela Pugh. She went public with her testimony and working through freedom coaching. That's why I mentioned her name, but it was at eight years of age. It was a Rihanna song that got her into this uh, down this dark path, right? So whereas men typically... Ladies, it doesn't mean that you're not visual. It's typically men through the eyes. It's ladies through the ears, typically, even though women do see visual and men do hear, right? What'd you say? Yeah, exactly. Um, so within this thing, so you have to ditch those things. And it's is that going to be an arduous struggle, perhaps in the beginning? Of course. And we throughout this whole thing is grace. Then as we start to grow in this, in the different things of virtue, we begin to deny ourselves, right? This is where the Christian, the Christian virtue of learn how to eat well comes in. Uh, then also moving to fasting, then comes the illuminative phase. I start actually, it starts to actually be a transformation that when I walk down the street, a woman who was dressed a certain way, which would have set me off. Now I can stop and actually see her as a person. And if there's any movement of lust, then I can actually start to see her and pray for her, to look at her as my sister, to love her through this. And, and, and again, nobody's perfect. All these women at times, and this is not to blame any woman, but all these women who will put on makeup and, and, and short clothing, things like that, right? There's a desire to be seen and a desire to be loved. And many of them, it's never been presented to them. The guys around them are boys walking around in men's bodies. And all they think that's all there is. And if I'm going to get any semblance of this fed, well, then I got to act that way. And so what, what I say, this is first and foremost, not calling to women to get their crap in order, pardon my language. It's for men to get theirs, get going on this, right? And the more than we do this, then we start to get a little taste of the unity of what heaven is. We spend, the, the, one of the phrases we use in coaching all the time is where your focus goes, your energy flows. How many of us are really thirsting for heaven? How many of us are really long, like utter beauty, like astonishing where I got, no, I have nothing to say. It's just d dumbfounded, right? That's what we are made for a crazy bliss. C.S. Lewis said, the serious business of heaven is joy. And it is the, it is the, in the bodies of male and female, seeing us naked and unashamed, united with Christ and given as one bride to the bridegroom forever. Like this is what we're made for. So untwist all these, all this, the, the nonsense of the pornified culture. It's the desire for heaven that's gone berserk. It's what we're, we're learning, we're yearning for and longing for. So I'd say wherever you're at in that process, right? Whether you're in the beginning stages of purgatory, purgative, be honest, have humility. I got to drop my pride. If you're in the illuminative, I'm seeing a little bit. Don't stop. Keep going. Even though it's hard, even though it's going to be a, a suffering, 
keep going because the glory that's waiting for us that starts now, right? Is meant to be fulfilled. That's not an ephemeral dream. It's not a pipe dream. It is very, very real. And we're called to participate in it forever. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Oh man, Steve, I think what one of the big things that I think I, what I hope people will take away from this conversation is that there is hope for true and authentic healing to have, to have the freedom, like you said, to see the way that God is calling us to see and to love the way that God's calling us to love. And that this is so much more than just, um, breaking free from an addiction. It is finding true and authentic healing and that that's what Christ wants for us. And he wants to, to draw us closer to himself Um, And really it's a trans, like we're called to transformation. And it also makes me think about how for those who don't have a, or pornography or, or, and a a compulsion or an addiction towards pornography, there are other things that are keeping us away from, you know, loving our brothers and sisters in Christ rightly or loving ourselves rightly. And it's almost like this call to um, understanding our, who we are as sons and daughters of God first And if we understand that, like a whole lot of things like fall into place, but like this issue in particular, because we live in a pornified culture, um, I'm, I'm just really grateful that you're doing what you're doing and just the hope and healing that people are experiencing through ministries like yours. So thank you for your witness. Thank you for your ministry. Like, man. Yeah. This this is great. Your enthusiasm is infectious. (laughs) Thank you. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. And if I just give a a shout out here before I think we're closing, maybe we're going for another stream of stream of consciousness. Um, Anyone who's again, who's interested, check out freedom-coaching.net. That's where you can learn more about us, the other coaches, the uh, different things we're doing, Instagram, Facebook, uh, what are we on Twitter, um, LinkedIn at redeemed vision is uh, where that's going on and happening. Um, And then also this weekend, I know this is dropping, I think, uh, on Thursday, right? That's when it's dropping. Uh, so October October 8th through the 10th, there is the Worldwide um, Healing and Forgiveness Conference online. It's free. Go. I'm giving a talk on that. A bunch of other speakers are getting in on that. Um, there, again, these wounds of sexuality don't just go away. We've got to get healing. And we at 6 p.m. Eastern on the 9th, on Saturday evening, there's going to be a prayer room. Uh, uh, I'm on retreat for that, but members of our team are going to be there leading that. And so it's a place in which to get real, to get raw, to be able to to bring this to Christ, uh, but also with your brothers and sisters who want to pray with you. Okay. So I want to encourage on that. And just one other, um, one other thought here, um, if I can pull this up, if I have this, this is, um, and this is what happens when we, when we start to say yes to the Lord. Uh, Oh man, hold on one second. Let me see if I can find this and you can always edit. Um, There we go. Um, This, um, this is a former client. I just got this message a couple days ago. And this is what happens when we say yes to the Lord, when we start to live our bodies as, as a gift. Um, he, he wrote me out of the blue, said, hi, Steve. His name's Gabe. Hi, Steve. I want you to know that I'm doing well. Summer, his wife. Summer and I are better than ever. I felt you'd like to know that due to the introduction of theology of the body in your therapy, it's not therapy, it's coaching, but I'll forgive it. With me and the freedom and healing that I brought to my life, Summer and I are attending a week of training at the Theology of the Body Institute. That's this week. We have... And get this, we have introduced Ruah Woods Theology of the Body K through 12 curriculum at our Catholic school, and they are now implementing it. Thought you'd like to know how your work is changing people's lives, right? Mm. And 
all glory to God. I just happen in the, we have freedom coaching. We just happen to be in the room. God is the one who does the work. Amen. Amen. Well, we are going to put links to all those things you mentioned, and especially the conference. That sounds like a wonderful opportunity for a lot of folks. But Steve, will you close us with prayer? Um, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do that. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, you are meek and humble of heart. You are the Holy One of God, and you call us to participate in that holiness, which is nothing less, nothing more than being who we are, so we can be united with you. I still bless Deanna and Mickey in their vocations, in their marriage, in their families. Bless all those who have heard this message, and if anyone who is hearing this, who that call Lord Jesus, may you send your guardian angel to prompt them, to poke them, to come seek healing because there is fresh water that satisfies. May everything we do give glory to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Thank you so much. An honor.